international basketball moves quickly and the Paris Olympics aren't too far away. It's always a pleasure to have some time with you, Brian Gorgian, head coach of the Boomers. And it's a little strange for me to introduce you and not have a club team as well. How <laughs> odd is it for you right now? It's been very difficult, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the news, I was um, planning on coming back and getting right into it. And when I left for the Worlds, you know, we kind of put the finishing touches on the roster and I tried to put everything in a box so nothing would bother me when I was with the Boomers. So I did keep that away, but I, before the Slovenia game, we were hit with, you know, the team won't be moving forward. So um, now that I'm back and what transpired and where we're at and that the Olympics are not two years away, it's next year. To be truthful, it's probably, you know, a blessing that I've got this time to address um, the moves forward for the boomers. Every time I speak to you though, you are so locked into the next job and a lot of the times it is club basketball. Are you finding yourself with free time? Do you allow yourself any of that or is it all about the boomers, Paris taking up most of your mind? Um, right now, probably be, you know, the, the boomers because it, it's, it's fresh and it's gotta be sorted before I really can relax and then, uh, I, I know my, my passion, I'm realizing more and more, is basketball. So I'm enjoying the start of the NBA season, being able to communicate with the people I know there and watching our guys and then really enjoying the NBL. So, uh, um, you know, I, I know when I get these bases covered that I will get a little break mentally, get down to the beach or, or you know, just get away for a while before the big hit with the Olympics. So what are the major steps for you then in terms of this next couple of months and the process in terms of preparation? And you know, I assume still some kind of review of the World Cup. It was so recently. How do you move forward? Well, so um, like you said, number one, a review. And right now I'm doing a lot of listening. You know, uh, the BA segment of it, um, you know, I'm going to go to the United States and, uh, and touch every player that, that was a part of the roster. Um, staff uh, that, that are here, that are overseas. I'm just trying to touch everybody and get their, their take on how they feel about things, um, ideas about input about moving forward. And then, um, you know, I had, you know, from that point, then it's going to be watching players and, you know, we've got, we're again going to have some really div tough decisions on um, who's on the roster and when you make those decisions now that I've had the World Cup we can be a little more um, tight on style of play. This is a pretty broad question but when you think about uh, expectations from people like me and different media and then certainly what the Boomers camp was saying publicly in terms of where the bar is at and where you want to be as a program do you think the expectations were unfair in terms of then how you, the outside uh, analyzes what went down at the FIBA World Cup? Totally out of whack. Um, and uh, again, I, it, it's excuse. Everybody, when they hear that, they're rolling their eyes back right now. But I, if you go some background there, one of the things, when, again, I'm a guy that's been a part of these programs for eight years and then left for 10, and you come back to it. And when you research and when you see what took place when I was away, one of the things I didn't do well enough, and it's if you ask Lindsey Gaze, he, when he was the national coach, if he had something again, I didn't set the bar high enough. I got to set the bar higher, put, make the expectations more. So um, the, the part I didn't like about it, 
coming into this that um, all this stuff about NBA players, all this stuff about, uh, you know, best team ever. And we're not the best team ever. The best team ever is the one that got Rose Gold. And prior to that, the Gays, all, all those teams that made the final, this team hasn't done anything yet. And it's a group of players that it's not, and I didn't, and we didn't, and I, I don't really work at this site as a national program. I'm asked questions and I answer them, and there wasn't much of this leading into it. It just, boom, we're in and we're off and running. So, um, you know, uh, again, the, 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 the change, the, the guys coming in, and that there's a lot of different people involved in this than were in it, involved in it before, that it's going to be a different style of play, and you want those expectations high. And when we use the, the, the terminology gold or rose gold, not rose gold, but gold vibes only, it's, it's referring to um, how you approach everything. So if you're going to have a meeting at the highest level, if you're going to, you know, eat, the best food, if you're going to be on the bus, it's the best bu it's the best practice session, always holding yourself to a gold standard. But to come into something and say, you know, we're going to get the gold medal, that's, you know, th there's a process to that. That's what you're trying to do, but it it's not we're coming in and saying we're getting the gold medal. There's a process to this. And I, I just um, think that, again, that um, leading into that, um, there, there should have been more dialogue to where we are. We're not that team moving forward. We're that team's maxed out, and the team that we've assembled has a higher ceiling to be than I think than than that group. But they haven't done anything yet, and there's a process to that. That group, a lot of those guys were involved with me in Beijing, and it took till Tokyo to to medal. This is now seven, six new guys. That's done, and now you're in a process to get a gold medal or to go higher than they did, and and to put it all on that event, and um, you know, a, a total devastation because we didn't do that. I thought was over the top. So with that, then, because I will say I found it fascinating listening to you throughout the tournament. And I was a part of that, what you're talking about. When you criticize the team and you look at different games and you try and work out why the team wasn't able to advance. And I was fascinated that you were, in some ways, buying into that in press conferences and referencing some of the criticisms and then when you came home, the social media stuff. And I, I was a little surprised by that because of how long you've been in the game. Why did you feel it was necessary to sort of publicly comment about the criticisms from outside sources, whether it's media or social media or, or stuff like that, when you commented about maybe the criticism was over the top and unfair? Well, I just, um Again, I'm used to um, criticism and um, personally, and I, I always take this, you know, that this is my responsibility. Um, and uh, sometimes when the team um, doesn't perform or doesn't, they deserve a kick. And um, you deserve a, 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 a hardness. What I'm saying about this is that I thought, um, I put myself, when I go into a tournament like this, I put myself in a tunnel. So when I came out of the, what was asked and what went on during it, I, I wasn't like I am now. It was when it finished, I, I, I was in a place and I felt the team was in a place and usually I have a f where the media is going to be 
with all of this. And, and, and I've been in this from the Australian side for a long time, and I found it more than fair. This, I just didn't think we're on the same page. I came out and go, you know, we, we lost to Germany by a, by a basket, and it was like the whole, th how the hell do you lose to Germany? Well, they're pretty good, and here's where, where we're at. And then we lose to the team that knocked us out uh, that we knocked out for the medal that's got to be in their bonnet and this is going to be a war and, and, and we lost and we didn't play great in that particular game. But um, when you go through the whole tournament, I thought we played pretty much how we practiced. We, I wasn't, you know, offensively where we were at was about where we were at and our warts were our warts and we had a chance and we were that close and we've got some things to address to get better, but I didn't think, you know, come back devastating, total disappointment, embarrassment. I didn't like that for my group because I didn't think that was fair. You know, it's, it's um, we played hard, we've got some things to get better at, but I thought um, it, it, it's exciting. It, it's not, you know, so, when I came back, I'm, I'm kind of on a defensive of, and it, it's not addressed at the media, even the, um, how they analyze the game. It's not how we're trying to play. What about uh, some of the stuff that maybe keeps you up at night then? Because I know that you're going to look at it more deeply than anyone else, and you're going to think about it more than anyone else. Is there anything that you sit back and think, gee, I wish this was different, or, or what stands out that you wish would have been executed better, whether it's you, the players or the whole collective? Major number one, the defensive side of the ball was, I thought we had better talent there. And going into it, we went down from the Lamanis um, time with the Boomers. What was the change? We watered down the offense. And I thought we took the team to another level defensively. Defensive transition, on-ball defenses with the rotations, we were unique and number one and number two in that area at the Olympics. You add Josh Green playing more, you, you see Tybal, um, the small lineup that we had with Xavier Cooks, I thought we'd fly around and be elite there. We were poor defensively. That um, is on me and um, I, didn't, I, I didn't hit it strong enough um, didn't have the understanding, thought it would be better uh, off the mark there. Um, the camaraderie, the um, boomer fighting spirit, toughness, um, why we're who we are was down a peg. And um, that why, you introduce six or seven new guys that are playing overseas to that, that grunt, that thing that we had, that passion, that hugging, that spirit, there's a process to that. And that was a level down from the team that meddled. And I say to you as we, we talk, I don't care, throw Simmons into this, throw Giddy playing at a high level, Team USA, Frank, go to the, the 12 teams that are gonna be involved in these Olympics. If that's not elite with the group, the talent we got coming in now, and that's where the picture's painted wrong, seven NBA players, six, seven, no. We've got to be that in order to get that gold medal from the boomers. And right now, I, and again, even when you take our best pieces um, and you compare them to the others, because the NBA is international now. It's international basketball. We're playing against, you know, 
the Joker's going to be there. You know, Dockix, those guys are all there playing in this. They're the best players in the NBA. So we've got to be elite in those two areas, and we weren't. But the analysis the whole time coming back is, you know, we dribble the ball too much. The ball doesn't move. It's look at how beautiful the Europeans play. We're not, we're not that. And, and we're not, the, NBA, the NBL doesn't play that way. Nobody in the NBL plays like that. So if you're a young kid coming up and you come through the NBL, which most of my boomers are, or if you're not there, you've gone straight into the NBA. The NBA doesn't play like that. I've got 10 days of practice before we go into an event now. I'm going to get them to play like uh, Lafayette plays. It's not going to happen. So we've got to form a blueprint with the group that we have that was successful or that's going to try to go over metal with that group. And the, the, the aspect of it was pace. We were trying to play north to south, and we were trying to up the possessions with defensive rotation and with um, pressure on the rim going from one end of the floor to the other, not side to side. So the games we won, we were over the 100 possession mark. The games we lost, we were right around the 80. So when you mention the NBL and the NBA, I'm, I'm fascinated what you think about this because a big marketing tool for the NBL right now, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but it is getting guys to the NBA and playing that style and the fact that the pace of the NBL is so similar to the NBA. But six of the eight teams that made the quarterfinals in the World Cup were from Europe. Do you think, do you still think that's the best thing for Australian basketball then mimicking the NBA? And then what does it do and what is the challenge for the national team? Trying to play that team basketball or, or you just lean all the way in and you just need time with the style of play you tried to introduce at the World Cup? I always, when, when I don't want it, when we meddled, I, I don't, don't put this on me. Don't, don't give me pats on the back. This is the center of excellence. This is Lindsey Gay's building basketball courts. This is all these kids playing basketball. And we're the tip, we're the pyramid. I just told, I had them for 10 days and I lead and I take, this ain't me. This is, so this picture that I've got to come in here and, and, and assess and put a blueprint together on how Australia is going to go forward and medal from, from now until where I leave, leave when I leave. Lindsey Gay's ball movement, player movement, we had a style of play. Um, and I like that style of play. Europe plays like that now. Do I think that um, the NBL is, go I don't like that. I, I, I would prefer, uh, the best example is Tazzy, the, you know, the jack jumpers. That ball moves. It pushes up the floor, it moves side to side. Junior basketball, the shuffle. Um, I, I love that aspect because kids learn to play without the ball in their hand. They learn to play without, um, um, uh, with movement. So you take the boomers now and some of the, you know, you get players and you go, this guy's a phenomenal player. But what he does, he sits in a corner and he makes threes and you get it, you better make it. And that's your shot and guard the other team's best player. So when you come into a camp and say, okay, I want you to cut, I want you to read this screen, that skill aspect isn't there and it's not for me to go down that path. So right now, um, 
What I'm saying is, is that the Europeans play a certain standard. We come to this tournament and I have these guys for 10 days and, I'm, and I keep referring to me. Um, what I'm referring to is them. They play a certain style. Now you're a player, you come in, we play like this. In 10 days, you, we're gonna spend the whole time teaching you, get cones out. This is a down screen. This is how he plays here. You back cut, he plays here. Right, we didn't even go into that box. That's not my, my deal. My deal is they come in, hey, Giddy, he, is, he can move. He can get up the floor, he's big. He likes to play off an on ball. Patty likes to work off screens and shoot. So um, I know this is long-winded, but my answer to your question is it's, it's not my, I'm who I am, it's our decision. And right now we're next star, um, the USA, the, we're going down that path. So our analysis offensively is like Team USA, um, Canada, and both of those teams got criticized on, on as well as Canada did. It's still criticized on how they played offensively. They play, and we're similar. We, we're, we're, um, we play fast, we push pace, a lot of on ball, um, a, lot of, a lot more attacking off the dribble, but that's how we've, we're, we're playing from the kids level right through NBL to NBA. And that's part of the success of Australian basketball, right? Because you can look at the World Cup and say, okay, well, the team didn't make the quarterfinals. But Josh Green signs a three-year, $41 million deal yesterday. Giddy's going to make a heap of money next offseason. There's more and more Australia players that are getting drafted into the NBA. So it, it's, a, it's a balance, right? Australian basketball feels like it's never been in a better place, um, but yet it's going to be a challenge and a process for the national team. Correct. And, and my... Um, thing back to you is, is this is what I say to them, when you're evaluating, the t there's a lot of ways to play. And uh, Australians, the guys that are talking and commentating a lot are out of the, uh, the 80s, the 90s, those, and pretty basketball to them is, is um, different than what pretty basketball is in the NBA or the NBL. And right now, the NBL, they, they love the way the Tassie Jack jumpers play. Um, but um, there's a lot of teams that are playing great basketball, but it, it's, it's a different style. And it, uh, is it too much dribble? Is it too much on ball? Is it um, our best players are that? And again, it's, uh, I'm around some really good basketball minds. I don't just sit here and, and, and watch a tape and it's all about Brian Gorgian. It's like, here's, here's my setup. Here's the amount of time I have. Here's NBL. Here's the NBA. Here's the guys that we've got. Um, what do you think? What do you think on this? How do you think we should defend? And, and gathering like I am now information and sitting down with two guys coaching in the NBA and coming to an agreement and a formula moving forward. So um, right now, our formula is we want to play at pace. We want to take the ball from one end of the floor at the other. So if, you, if you're practicing, we're, it's an eight-second shot clock. We're playing for three minutes, no defense in the backcourt, deep outlets, set that on ball quick and early, and now second side's this. We come back, we finish with middle pick and roll. You got eight seconds. Okay, we're playing with a 14-second shot, side out of bounds. Now we're working the middle of the clock. We're not, 
half court like I played or probably you played where we're in the half court and we're playing five on five and we run the offense, run set play one, set play two, set play three for 20 minutes with each other until a team gets three baskets. We're not practicing like that. We're practicing this pace and then um, to get the teams that you're playing against that you just talked about uncomfortable so they can't play like they got to play like we play so that was the reason for the double teaming running a guy getting a pass flying around get him away from horns getting him away from their sets and I thought with Finland I thought with Japan we did a pretty good job of it we couldn't speed up Schroeder and we couldn't speed up Luca. that's the challenge you spoke about the the connection of the group and the fact that it is changing so much. You've also discussed the idea of there's going to be a changing of the guard and some of the guys that have been legends of the sport are going to move on from the national program. We've already seen a little bit of it. Did you think in, in this group there was a, enough of that experience and enough of that leadership that you've had there in the past? No. Um, but what, where's the fix? The fix was we should have had some of the younger guys with those older leaders as opposed to, you know, more older guys in. It's, it's a World Cup, it's not Olympic, it's time. Uh, Dyson Daniels, I don't, whatever happened over there and come back, good move. Now as we're going into this, he was there for this. I'm not doing what I did for the worlds with him. Um, Josh Green, um, Xavier Cooks, good move. But um, the, the older group in their vision and those young guys in their vision pulling that together. There was no problems with um, too much. With, with the, the basketball was just learning to play together. The vision of the boomers and the boomer culture and um, playing for the green and gold, um, that aspect um, it is a work in process. And did I need more older guys to push that? No, I needed more younger guys with a voice to bridge that gap. And it's a natural, I mean, I, again, when I was put in this job, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. Phil Smythe over, Brian Gorgian come in, we go to Athens and, and it was this start, the culture, conditioning, um, we brought, I started with leading teams out of the Australian Rules football, building that culture. When I came back, we were the number one team, I felt, at the Olympics, just 12 months ago, at the Olympics, when you're in the village and there's all the Australian team there. Who had the best culture? Who was driving that arena? It was us. And now, 12 months later, you make seven changes and you've gone from here to here. Now when you say um, expert, this is the best team ever, the goal, no one's evaluating that part of it. And it's what makes the boomers tick. And this problem that I'm saying, it's not a problem, it's something to be excited about. And um, it, it, it's exciting to see Matisse, Josh Green, starting to understand what an Aussie is. They're, you know, they're, they've spent most of their life in America. They play in the NBA, they played college basketball. It's like, man, this is what it, now there's a process to that. 
if it was so easy, this Australian, you know, fighting spirit wouldn't, it, everybody would do it. It takes time. So when you talk about guys being vocal, I, I think about some of the, the guys that have been there before and you talk about it, they've been through the journey and Bogut and Baines and these guys are straight shooters. <laughs> and I feel like Jock Landau is cut from a similar cloth in terms of we can sit across the road from each other and he's gonna tell me exactly what he's thinking. In that aspect of this team, what was the hole he left behind? Because he feels like he's been one of those bridge guys that now has been with this group for a number of years. Great, um, great pick. <laughs> because when, this isn't when we got there um, and we get into the Boomers camp at Cairns, you know, as we're going, I know Delhi's on the hot seat. You know, we've had the discussion, so I don't, it was no surprise. You know, I'm thinking what, where I went leading into it. So I'm preparing for the fact that Delhi might not be there. Baines is gone. Bogut's gone. So there's two. We're going to need to bring two young guys in. Now people say, well, why didn't you make, you know, this guy in the leadership team or this guy? That's a skill set. It's no different than shooting a basketball or dribbling a basketball or guarding. Does this guy have leadership skills that we can build? How do, I've never coached these guys. I don't know. I've never had him at practice. I, now you make this guy a leader. He walks into practice and he's dragging his butt. And you're saying, man, he, I've given him leadership. I don't know till I see. And right away, Jock Landell is kind of a, he, he's not, he's a little more established than the young ones, but he's, he sits under Patty and Joe in that senior group and he's about the right things and he has what you have. He has the ability to shirt front to go right there and go nose to nose and say, hey, we're not on this. We're, you know, this needs to change. Or I really like, he has a voice and he's respected. He goes down. And uh, from a basketball standpoint, he was the one guy, and move this aside, I'm not about results, but he was the one guy when we came into camp, we go, what do we got if Jock gets in foul trouble or if something happens? we've got a hole where Patty, um, even Giddy, what, will move Dante and you know, you're moving an a, a international player and an NBA player in his role. We can cover that a bit. It's not that but we can cover it. Him, we couldn't cover in this aspect of it, which became a bigger issue for us like, oh, this is going to take time. This is when you talk about it. it there's a sequence to be in great greatness. This is a big part of it. And Jock was a really important piece there that was missing. So one of the young pieces, as we talk about the transition, Josh Giddy, you spoke to ESPN before the tournament and said the keys are going to be in his hands. And this is part of the transition. Uh, how did you view his tournament? Beyond expectations. I, uh, you know, and again, I, I said how the team, you know, the team played like they practiced, which you know, um, the problems that we had at practice, we had, and the things we were good at, we were good at. <clears throat> he practices, and you could, as soon as we got in there, boy, he's elite, he's, he's, he's exciting. But when the lights come on, <clears throat> and I learned that, you know, and as uh, soon as we played the first game, when the lights came on, a whole nother level. So uh, I, I just thought all the things that you talk about, you know, and everybody can see, you know, Gaze was so great without the ball. 
and they, they remind, there's such a similarity. I mean, I think of Warwick, the father, who I knew, and then there was Lindsay, who I played for, and I played with Andrew, and, you know, uh, so I, I saw Andrew at that age, and I saw him the year when he came in tryout, Andrew at that age, and, and they're not non-athletic, but they're not athletes. They're bigger than you think, and they're unique. And Andrew is unbelievable without the ball in his hand. This kid is unbelievable with the ball in his hand. So you put the ball in his hand and you put him in situations and uh, he makes passes, he sees things that nobody else sees. And he, he, guys get shots, get easy plays that they wouldn't get without him. So he's great to play with. And then the other aspect to him for that age is he's a winner. I mean, there were so many times that he, we were in a really bad situation and we just ran middle pick and roll and he scored. It, it was just no, he, he either got to the rim and laid it in, got fouled or dumped it for a basket. So we're down, we're out of the game against Slovenia in the third quarter and it's like, I just look at everybody, C5, middle pick and roll, spread, give him the ball. And we came right back. He, he scored almost every possession. We finished the quarter, I think, down two. We tie, he ties it right away. And then, you know, uh, Josh Green had two really good looks that, that could have opened it up, but he delivered it right there. His, his issue at the end of that, he got exhausted. But, um, uh, and he was named best young player in the tournament. So um, when you come back from that, I feel good about that assessment. And um, of one, I've had two hard decisions with him. I, I didn't take him to the bronze medal team. And then, you know, looking at this and making a decision real early, your show. And uh, I'm, I, I, I feel good about um, where he is and the, and the, the, the process through to get him there. And I think he's in a great place, and uh, he is um, going to be very, very, very important in the Boomers for a number of years. So he's 21, and you talk about the process for him, and I think about him missing out at the Olympics. And he was disappointed because he, he's a competitor, which is exactly what you mentioned. What did you see was the difference in just that two-year window? Because clearly his life has completely changed. He matured. He matured. I, I look back, and, and honestly, when when and I, I dealt with this with Andrew Bogut when we went to Athens, that the spot the draft hadn't taken place yet, and the spotlight's on, and you're under that pressure. So again, for me, I'm I'm back to the Boomers new. I don't have any background, and he comes in, and there was tryout with the Warriors, photo shoot here, a, a lot of stuff going on in between, and the second aspect of it. Um, was the established group and the what is needed. And right then, really, it's, it's Delhi or Giddy. And, you know, uh, that conversation is still taking place after the World Cup. It was a tough cut for the World Cup. And we only had this window to go. And I thought, you know what, it's a tough one. Um, and if it was the World Cup, I would have taken him. But I can't make that move now. So um, another, all of this, how now I've cut him and we're coming in 
And who's, the, who's our best player in the NBA? It's Giddy. Who's the most promising player coming back now and you didn't select him? Um, usually there's a, something to go through on, on my, you know, he comes in, how he's going to be with me. He's amazing. Wants to be coached, um, hardworking, um, a winner, loves the boomers, driven to the boomers, has an edge to him, there's pressure there. Are you, you know, like from my standpoint, is it prepared? Is this the right? He's got a good basketball mind. So uh, there's so many ticks and so many things that I'm impressed and, and feel blessed that I had an opportunity in my time as a coach to spend time with him on his journey to greatness. Do you even discuss it over the two years? Because I didn't even think about that, but I, I find it fascinating that you brought it up, that Giddy might be like, well, Gorge didn't take me to the Olympics and hold some kind of grudge. Do you, do you even bring it up or he just comes in and, and the attitude is so good that it doesn't need to be mentioned? It, I'm, my job, a big part of my job is building relationships. And when I took this second tilt, you know, we get the medal, do you step away from this thing? You know, because I knew there's some tough, now, Bain, you know, I knew Baines, there was some stuff, things that I'm going to have to do. Um, and so when I'm saying with building these relationships, I was very aware when I made that decision with Giddy that he was going to be good and he was going to be an important piece of this. But I th maybe my lifetime in the boomers will pass by the time he comes and becomes something. So um, I got to do what's good right now. And so when that was presented coming in, I, I'm being honest, totally honest in this of, of my, that's where I'm at in my life. It's, it's the truth. I tumbled over, not, how am I going to deal with this? How should I present? What should, and it was nothing. Total natural. Step on the, hey coach, handshake, big smile, hug, let's go. And didn't have to be brought up. But it was in me looking and I go, wow, I don't have any baggage with this. What kind of kid is this? But I always, in, in the coaching thing, you always, and I learned this young with my dad, meet the parents. You know, the fruit, my dad's level of comment was the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And Wart Giddy, um, I competed against that guy for a zillion years and, and the respect that you have from him and everybody does in the basketball community as a player but also as a person just salt of the earth hard working and it, his son has those attributes so on the court you talk about the game against germany and slovenia and you already mentioned it the guy that rose to the level as a scorer which we haven't really seen as a professional for josh giddy he's always been the pass first guy but as a scorer it was giddy that was taking over the game and if we think about what we've seen from the boomers over years, it was Patty Mills, Patty Mills answering the call every single time. How did you think that dynamic worked for those two, first time in a major tournament, and having two guys now that probably wanted the ball and probably wanted to take the shot? There was a, a, a well, we, the, the relationships are good. Um, the, there's a hard process for Patty if he doesn't have the ball in his hand. He gets caught, capped, he gets physically banged around. It's like Luca. it's much better and easier for him if he has the ball. You know, now, you know, you bring the screen away, he doesn't have, he's got to work to get the ball. But it was obvious that 
the guy, they, and that option is open for Patty because they go at Giddy so you can flip it to Patty and Patty can carry it so he gets some. But when he's, pa Patty's a winner and um, he wants the medal and his, uh, when he gets on the court and you start playing with a guy and it, it was in the group, it was obvious this guy needs the ball in his hand. And then at the end of the game, it's the, uh, you know, that's the decision now of do you go on ball with Giddy or do you run some stuff to try to get somebody the ball? And where we were successful in the tournament is we brought pick and roll to Giddy and then Kitty either made the play or found somebody. When we tried to go through a process to get somebody at the end of the Germany game when Giddy went out with the blood rule and we tried to get Patty a shot at the end off a back pick and then a re-screen, they're, they're all over that and sloughing off our other guys and, and playing that. So we found in the tournament, and it, I think there's a process for Patty in that, but I thought um, he was all about winning and he did get enough touch of the ball um, for him to be okay. Now the balance now is we've got a, in this, we keep talking, the on ball, he has the ball in his hand. There has to be some ball movement. So I'm not, as we evolve, the ball's gotta move some. So um, that's another part of this addression when we go and meet with each guy individual, spend time with Patty. Here's, cause I, I didn't have a vision of, I had, uh, um, uh, option. Here's, here's 12 things to look at. Like I said to you, what are the four we're going to use? And that's what we were talking about in Zooms with the coaching staff. What should we present to the team? And we got to make these decisions quick as opposed to the group that won the medal. Here's our blueprint. Add a little bit here, take this off. And now that we've done that, we, now you can sit and have some discussions with Patty, have some discussions with Josh. How do we, you know, and, and start communicating to move forward. So I think one of the other interesting pieces is Joe Ingalls, who, again, you talk about the fabric of the boomers and his role changed. And I think it's all part of that. And he's been a guy as a forward is so unique. Lefty can handle the ball. Uh, what, are there any conversations with him? Because I thought he was still impactful when he was on the floor, but I'm sure that there was some adjustment for him as well. And he, he went through adjustment, and he went through adjustment when uh, um, uh, Jock went down and went from the three position to the four position. And, and um, that was different for him. But in reality, you can't get clouded from what's going on. And, and Father Time's a part of this. And it, it is with, with some of these guys, and it works in four-year cycles. So um, Joe um, is in a, a fight back to get his self back. And I thought he did a really good job of, of getting through and getting ready and being able to play with Milwaukee. And then as he came into us, the guy that he was prior, he was a step off that. Um, and um, so you don't want, he had to make it, there was some other things that affected a lot of guys because it wasn't the same for him. But in turn, now it's like, okay, what's the way forward for that's done? What's the way forward for Joe? And I think a real good thing I keep 
The next aspect of this is all these NBA player guys that you talk about, who were our best players at the Olympics, or sorry, at the Worlds. They were Dante and they were Giddy. And both of those guys played a ton. Giddy played a ton in the NBA and it was who he was for that team, for our team. Dante had the ball in his hand and ran a team in the highest level outside of the NBA to me, the EuroLeague. Now we had a lot of guys and one guy said to me, yeah, you have NBA guys, but you have a lot of DMPs. You know, you have a lot of guys um, that didn't play. You know, so um, that recipe, now you start looking at if you don't play the whole season and now you come to us and you haven't played any basketball, that's something to deal with. That's something now to think about an issue and watch. And so all this that I'm talking about leads back <laughs> to what we were talking about with Joe is I think that his next step leading into this with the Magic is he's playing with a guy that played in Australia that knows Joe, has background to Joe, and what we want from the Boomers is why he's bringing him to the Magic. He's got a younger group. He wants an experienced head that knows how to play and is about the right things in moving this team forward. And he's still helpful in patches with the team. And if Joe is to be with the Boomers, that's the role that he needs to move to with our national team. And I, 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 know, I know he sees that, and what is, we're really fortunate is that we'll be able to see where that's at this year when he's with the Magic. And it is such a quick, you talk about the four year cycle, but this is gonna happen very quickly. And the, the Olympics are gonna be here. Now that you have a little bit of that blueprint and you've got all these ideas running in your head and probably different ways you can look at this, how many changes can you afford to make then from the guys that you've seen there and seen what worked and what didn't? There, there's the, the only dynamic that makes this different to what you just saw is Ben Simmons. So there's not a name that w this one goes and you bring this piece in or there's, there's what we saw there in the way forward. There's no change other than now if you bring Ben Simmons into this equation, um, it, it, it changes a lot of things. And um, now there's, again, now it's, it's, this, it's a build, it's a process. And what you want is you want your best players playing for your country with that Aussie fighting spirit. And there would be nothing better for Australian basketball. There would be nothing better for Ben Simmons. In my opinion, I've always said this, we're not recruiting Ben Simmons. Please, will you be, a, no, mate, we're good for you. But in turn, mate, respect. You are great for us. You're great for our country, and we want you. And now I think that marriage is getting closer and closer. Everybody said, oh, you keep saying, you keep saying. No, I've called it as it is, and I'm saying it again. I think I'm looking at him physically. If he gets on that court, and he's playing, and he's playing at a level he's comfortable with, he's gonna play, I, I just, my heart says, he's gonna come in and put his hand up. If he's injured, fractured, broken, no, and he shouldn't. And to this point, since I've been in the job, he's been in box B, broken. Now, um, I like what I'm seeing. Um, he looks like he's getting healthier. We're really fortunate that we got Adam Caporn in the same box with him. So again, that would now, 
you've got Giddy, just start thinking about it, and you've got Simmons, and you've got, now that's a, a, a fun problem, but boy, it's, it's, it's a lot to work through as opposed to Simmons not being there. You led me right there. So that was going to be my next point of this. And I'm, I'm sure you've thought about it. And I wasn't going to ask you whether you want Ben Simmons because you've said it a billion times that, that he would play if he's healthy and he wants to commit to the Boomers. But the piece is on the floor. So we've just had the conversation about Gideon Mills and Simmons is in that mix. And certainly over the course of his NBA career, he's been at his absolute best when he's in transition. He's getting downhill. He's using his size. So how does he fit? I'm sure you've had these thoughts in your mind. Boy, um, I roll, you know, like, let, let me say this, everybody, this, the Boomers, and I've coached all my, the Boomers is in a whole nother, a whole nother deal. To represent your country, when we got that medal, that changed my life. Me personally, my family, me, the, the, that never, nothing will ever replace that. And I'll, that's so strong. And how I leave this, and I'm in, this is ending my run. And how I started in it, I felt like I handed it back in a better place. The, all this stuff that's being built, I feel really strongly that I was part of that process. And so was Lamontis, so was Brett Brown in this group's build. Now, my job in finishing, I want the best players playing in this. I want that green and gold spirit to be strong. And I want um, the next guy to have this, this thing that, you know, whatever happens at this one, if you introduce Ben Simmons to it and he becomes part of this, moving forward, the ceiling gets higher and higher. And um, uh, that's my, I want him to play. And I want him, I want it to be a great experience. And I want to be, you know, well, I look what we've got here and he's in. And in turn, I want this to help Ben with his career. So um, I, I, I think about it all the time. I think about um, all the challenges. I, I have such a, a respect for the competition. People, you know, the, the NBA now is, what is it? It's an international league. What Larry's trying to build here in the NBL, you, you watch the NBL from when I was in it just two years ago. Korean kid, Chinese kid, Lithuanian kid, New Zealanders. I mean, he's brought that to this, and I, I love it. I know, you know the Aussies got to get a go. The top ones rise to the top. I love that aspect. The NBA is international. It's not just, there's the best players, if you took the best five international players and they played the best five USA players, that's a hell of a game. That's how, and now we're playing in that arena at the Olympics. So um, all of these things that we're discussing, the best players, the best players with the fighting spirit, that's the only chance we have of going where we need to go. So you just mentioned that this is the end of the road for you, for the boomers. But I also listened to you, and you said at the start of our chat that you realized that your passion is the game. It doesn't look like you're losing any fire for basketball or for coaching and teaching. Are you certain that you'll get to the end of Paris and be like, okay, I'm done with the national team? Yes, yes. It's, it's my, it's, it's, I've got guys, it's my time. You'll, you know, I'll be down at MSAC with a hat on backwards, rebounding for 14-year-olds as they're dribbling around chairs at, you know, and people, God, this guy, won't, won't he have? But I've got, I, I love the, the gym. 
I, I, I do. I, I love being in the gym. I'm, that's what I'm missing right now. It's not the wins and losses and everything. I'm loving that aspect. And, and right now I'm really enjoying, I talk to some of the NBL coaches, go to some of the practices and, and be a, a, I feel like when I get off the phone I, and I hang up, that guy's feeling better about himself today. You know, like I, I pressed some good buttons for him. I, not only did I help with the basketball, but I know as a coach, a lot of times it's a lonely spot and you never get one of these, even from your assistants. I've had where I've, you know, grabbed an assistant and say, hey man, I'd appreciate it if you gave me a, even if you're <laughs> BSing, just slap me on the back and saying I'm doing good every now and then, please. Um, so, you know, that aspect to it I'm enjoying. I'm in a, a podcast with some of the top coaches in Australia, the, you know, the Western Bulldogs, you know, the, you know, Ange at uh, Tottenham, Eddie Jones in that group and sharing knowledge. So um, it's my passion and I'm excited about it. And anything, like I always say, I mean, the coaching job with the Boomers, that's that. But my support for the Boomers um, in any way, you know, like I said, if it's on the scorer's bench or it's, you know, um, going to a practice or whatever, always. And, uh, you know, there's a real passion and a love. I, I realize now, um, I, I know what I sound like, that I'm an Aussie. You know, like there's, there's, you know, the green and gold, just that's country. And it's like, man, there's no, this is my country. These are my people. This is my life. So one of the things you would have experienced at club level, but certainly the boomers here at the last tournament, is the young generation coming through. And I think about myself. If I'm hanging around a 21-year-old or a group of 21-year-olds, I don't know what's going on. And I'm 32. How have you found the change in the way that you need to approach coaching? Really difficult. Really difficult. In the, just in, um, I love, that's the most um, reward I get is the fact that when I go to my age group and I sit at a dinner party and I come back home, I go, God dang, I'm thankful that, you know, I get the opportunity to hang around the young and be around the young all day. I mean, what a great, um, but relating and bringing something to the table for them that they're not, oh God, here, you know, the social media stuff, the, the you know, um, staying up to date with that, staying relevant, the games changing, staying on all that, you got to work at. But I, I think the whole, when, when I'm at my age and I can't do that, then you got to get out. And I, I think I have domestic comp left in me. I think I have team stuff left in me because it's, it's all about, and what we've talked about today is all about building relationships. And you can't build relationships if there's no relevance. So it's, some, it's not their responsibility, it's my responsibility that he's not just, oh Jesus, he doesn't get it, you know. So I, I really um, try not to be all about basketball when I'm with him. Off the, and then try to, you know, you're in the weight room, go over and sit next to this guy. You know, it's at the lunch table, go sit next to this guy. Just touch and then again, going to America now and getting the opportunity to see them in their environment. Um, but it's something, as you're saying, you really, really have to work at. Uh, I do want to ask you about the next crop of young guys, and it feels like it's never ending right now. 
but when you look at it, and it might be after your time, as you mentioned with the national team, but Alex Tui, Rocco Zakarski, Tyrese Proctor at Duke right now, uh, it feels like the talent level has never been greater. Uh, how do you see the situation placed right now with all these young guys coming through? Incredible, really incredible. Like in and uh, the names of you, the Dice Daniels, the the uh, Dash Daniels. There's there's so many coming through. There was a kid um, playing against David Patrick's team that. And I've got his name on my. He's an Australian, and he's he's amazing. You know um, what I'm saying is 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 there's a lot of guys out there that we don't even talk about or even know that are capable of of coming in and impressing the national team. But the answer to you is, um, I, I always take it back. You know, um, I go. I've been in Melbourne a long time, and my grandson's six. You know. Uh, where are we going? I get picked up on Saturday, High Street. My daughters were driving the kids in the back with his McDonald's and hat, and we're going, going to his game with his. Where are you going? Because I know Danny Nong, I know Kilsyth, I know Knox, Sandringham. We're going to Oakley, and you go and turn and weave around, and you know, here's this shed with an outdoor. You open up the door, and it's eight o'clock in the morning. It's packed with kids, and there's five courts. And this is happening, it's the first time I've spent time, but this stadium, no, it's not eight courts anymore, it's 16. It's not five courts, it's 15. They're building 10 courts over there. So the genius in Lindsay Gaze is the art in this to get stadiums built. And now all these kids are playing and they're starting to get center of excellence, the job that Peter Lonigan's doing, um, of educating the coaches and now I I mean even the kids I watch and I go they're they're running stuff they're um, the skill sessions are good we have a high level of coaching so you get kids playing you get um, people for them to look up with the guys in the NBA you get a great competition like we have domestically that's a link to being successful so all the ingredients are there to have good players Dewey, now it's the names that you're talking about. Tui, I mean, there's Galloway. You know, you're, you're looking at guys all the time, and I'm, I'm you know, because I'm constantly evaluating for the field. I go, God, that kid's, spe-, you know, um, uh, uh. anyway, there's, there's two or three now in the NBL that you're looking at. I'm glad I'm here watching this kid because he needs to come to camp because we've got a hole in that big man's position. And Hunter, you know, watching him play, you know, like, man, these kids are coming. And what a great job the coaches do in the NBL. I know we've talked about style of play. That's the style of play. They're doing it well. They're good at it. And that's why our guys are getting, you know, uh, you look at the national team and you go, oh, they're all NBA players. Patty Mills played in the NBL. Joe Ingles played in the NBL. Jock Landell played in the NBL. Xavier Cooks played in the NBL. Chris Gould, huh, NBL's huge, man. Huge factor in this. And you look at South Sudan, <laughs> you know, where all those kids play, NBL. So our, our process for developing players is fantastic, which is why uh, I'm under the pressure I'm under in a good way, because it wasn't like this when I went to Athens. It was like, you know, who is number 11? Who is number 12? This is like um, where you want to be. Well, last one I've got for you then. 
you talk about all that talent coming through, you just referenced it. Uh, and you also referenced the fact that there can be good problems to have as coaches. So it feels like you've probably got a lot of stress over the next six, seven, eight months trying to get this thing prepared and who's going to be a part of it. Uh, that excites you by the sound of it? It does. I, I, I said to the guy, the, I knew when I took this, the next step, it was going to come quick, which was important to me. Boom. And then the next one's not four years. It's boom. But with that, I'm going to have to do some brutal stuff. But um, the, the mindset in this, as you say this to me, and it's, it's, it's like it all makes sense. And my point now, when I, ke I kept saying to the staff, it's not the hardness. I'll make the cuts. I'll go and shirt front that. It's making the right ones. And like the questions that you answer, we cut too many. Is it, is this, you know, and are they getting an opportunity? Is it, you know, so um, it's, it's making the right decisions. And um, the fact that they're tough decisions is a good thing as opposed to we're, we're thin, we're stuck, you know. Tough decisions are good, but the pressure on me, the importance on me, is the boomers and playing for your country is number one in our sport. You can't make a mistake. Paris Olympics are going to be here very, very quickly. You're always super generous with your time. We appreciate it. Thank you.